0: Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans, for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Brewer fans, welcome back to Brew Crew Review. This is podcast number 47. With me today is Vincent Scott. Hey, guys. Hey, hey Craig.
1: Scotty, how many beers deep are you? Um, I've had... I had five beers and a bottle of champagne because
0: had to. It is October 1st and year 2018 Milwaukee Brewers are NL Central champions. Congratulations to the guys and the team and to both to Vince and Scott for uh, a long season of up and down during our podcast. But, uh, was not confident all the way that the Brewers would be standing here at the end of the regular season as NL Central champions, but uh, they took it down to Wrigley Field and the cocky Chicago Cubs and their arrogant fans and took it right to their house and beat them and stole away the NL Central crown from a, a team that uh, a pretty good Chicago Cubs team. So uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the last week as the Brewers have now won eight consecutive games to close out the 2018 regular season. I mean, boy, Craig, that, that stat right there just kind of hits it on the head for me, winning eight games in a clutch down the stretch like this for a Brewers team that, um, you know, I think it, it could reasonably have said for those eight games that we would probably win five, maybe six games. You know, I think that that was sort of the expectation that if we played well that that was, that that was going to be our win total. But to come by and, and win eight games in a row, just incredible. I mean, we took the series in Pittsburgh on the road um, – before that too, so I mean, it's just, it's just an absolute treat to watch these guys right now. You could tell how fired up they are. Uh, it seems like a great group of guys that, in terms of camaraderie and, and team chemistry, which is a lot of fun to watch. And, um, some of the interactions from the players with the fans this past week has been really interesting and I think exciting as well when you saw a letter from uh, Christian Yelich to the players tribune and um, you know, other guys talking about how the fan support made all the difference in the world. I don't think it was just saying lip service. I think that this is a group of mostly younger guys or guys that haven't um, necessarily played in the postseason before um, outside of guys like Lorenzo Kane, uh, who are very, and Ryan Braun, who are very hungry for, for that experience and, and love being in Milwaukee. So it's it's really exciting to see. Yeah, I think if you yeah,
1: were I, to ask me, uh, you know, I guess, what, 10 days ago or whatever it was that, hey, do you think that the Brewers are going to be able to rattle off eight straight wins? I would say absolutely not. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think I'm overall pretty positive about it, but um, unfortunately kind of the way that, that we use the bullpen it's almost like set up in a way that we're hoping to kind of take two or three here and there and here and there. And it makes it really difficult to, to rattle off something like eight straight wins. Um, you know, when you have a guy like Hager that you're like, okay, we're going to throw him tonight. We got the lead and we're not throwing him tomorrow no matter what. And that kind of leaves your bullpen a little bit thin when you, you're not going to use your best relievers the following day. But um, it all seemed to work out here and just really, really excited, really proud of the team.
0: Well, I think if you guys look at, at the roller coaster that was the 2018 regular season, um, let's start way back in last offseason when possibly one of the greatest days in hindsight in Brewers history, hopefully, was a day back in January, a couple of days before the Brewers on Deck event, I believe, where David Stearns acquired uh 2018 NL MVP uh, elect to, uh, via trade from the um, Florida Marlins and also signed uh, Lorenzo Cain who is a former member, as Vince pointed out, of the world champion Kansas City Royals and once also a former Brewer coming up through our system. Both those guys, huge keys to our success for the season, obviously. Kane um, in the number number one spot and Yelich hitting number two and really putting the Triple Crown season worth of stats into his MVP campaign. But uh, then once the season got going, I think the Brewers um, – they really overachieved, uh, right out of the gates. I, obviously everyone who did the preseason predictions before the season started thought for sure that the Cubs would take to NL Central and the Brewers might be a surprise team. But the Brewers came out of the gates, were in spring, were in first, well they won the Cactus League Championship in spring training, showed some of their potential. Then they went on to be leading the division for most of the first half, but most people who thought they knew what everything about baseball I thought, well, they were going to stay and the Cubs were going to win the division, which uh, did eventually, uh, they did overtake first place as the, you know, kind of limped into the all star break, you know, losing five games in the series in Pittsburgh. Um, and we eventually did uh, lose that. Uh, but to make it even sweeter, the Cubs fans thought they had the division wrapped up and put us kind of in their rearview mirror. Well, we caught back up in the final week, and we beat them on their home turf, and now we're NL Central champions, and it's awesome. Um, yeah, there was a couple quotes that got thrown out there throughout the course of the year from the Cubs that I found to be particularly interesting. And um, one of the quotes talked about how, you know, the, the, the I think it was something along the lines of they were never worried about. They're, at that point, they were two or three games behind the Brewers, but – um, they said that they've never even thought about that. Like it was not a, never a concern that they couldn't win the division against a team like Milwaukee. And then of course, Cole Hamels is now infamous, uh, uh, comments after his trade to the Cubs that the Brewers were not rivals, uh, to, to Chicago and that, um, you know, wasn't real, a real rivalry of any type. And I think that those comments really did come back to bite the Cubs in the butt a little bit because, you know, fans not only noticed that, but so did the players. And I, I think that just damped up this team even more to, make this push down the stretch, I think it would have been very easy uh for Brewers to be content with gunning for a wild card at one point. Um, we put this on Twitter uh, a couple days ago, but at the beginning of September, the Brewers were in third place. They were uh, four and a half games behind the Cubs and a half game behind the Cardinals for the division. Um, and I think that it would have been very easy at that point to say that the math says to – uh, aim for the wild card to, to make that your focal point. I give a ton of credit to the team and to, to Craig Council and and others with the organization for not being content with the wild card for wanting to be division champions. Um, and and that will I think be a huge boost, obviously in the playoffs, to be able to avoid a one and done scenario in a wild card playing game. We'll play a full um, NLDS guaranteed and home field with home field advantage is a huge is a huge boost for this team. So um, I, I think that those comments from the Cubs' may have had something to do with that um, being the case.
1: Yeah, it should really be interesting too. I mean, obviously, you know, at the time of taping, we we just won the division, and then of course, um, you know, we're going to watch these wild card games tomorrow when this episode probably pops up there. But um, it's going to be interesting because, you know, if the Cubs win um, their wild card game, then uh, we get home field advantage, but they definitely have a chance at revenge. So it's going to be interesting to see how, kind of how that plays out. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's just great to even be, like, quote, the the one seed in the National League instead of having to worry about a wild card game. So uh, that's definitely very exciting. I mean, it's what only, what, the third time that uh, the Brewers have ever even won the division so it's definitely exciting times
0: yeah for uh, I think fourth overall but yeah third time third time in a non-strike year I think 81 it's kind of a weird how that counts so I don't even know if that officially yeah. counts or not but um for so it being a strike short year that year and then Brewers were eliminated in the playoffs by the Yankees um that season but yeah certainly this is exciting and it's it's just a great time to be a Brewers fan yeah, of course, back when the Brewers were in the American League, there were like, I think, seven or eight teams in the division, and it was much harder to win it back then. But since 98, which has now been unbelievably so, 20 years since 1998, and wow, was such a summer remember for baseball. 1998, obviously now knowing the steroid era, um, kind of put the sad asterisk on it. But, I mean, back then when McGuire and Sosa had that magical year, and the Brewers weren't very good that year, but they were – just moving into the uh, I think that was our first year in the NL and um, 20 years has passed and the Brewers still have only won a few more division titles but this one with the Cubs beating the Cubs who were obviously favorites to win the division was this huge in my mind I I know going into the season most uh, people are you know thinking who are the best teams in the NL a lot of them had picked the Washington Nationals to win NL East and they under seed big time to name a playoffs. Everyone picked the Cubs and went the Central. They're not division champions. The Brewers are. And NL West, a lot of people picked the Dodgers, uh, and even though, uh, they had a, they had a really hard fight with the Rockies, came down to also game 163 and it turns out that the Dodgers did win the division over the Rockies. So the Rockies will be playing the Cubs for the wild card and the Brewers will get the winner of Rockies or Cubs um what are your guys thoughts on uh, obviously um who do you think will emerge from the wild card game that will be played at Wrigley Field possibly on the same day you guys are anyone listening to this podcast but um what are you guys thoughts on that game I guess I mean the Cubs are pretty beat up right now it seems like they've really had a, a tough September with the Brewers chasing them the way that they have been the past few weeks and um, they have played a pretty intense schedule, so I, I think they have to be deflated uh, before they um, put all the expectations on them. So to, to see them get caught, I think it's got to be a bit deflating for them to go into this as the round-card winner. Even if they win uh, tomorrow, I, I still think that they're going to be kind of struggling a little bit here in the playoffs. Um so yeah, I'm not going to make a prediction on those on that game, but I do think that the Cubs are probably playing a bit more deflated than Colorado, who they are—they're kind of where they were expecting to be—a good team that made the playoffs but wasn't a division winner. But they're playing. I
1: don't know. I mean, if if, if you're going to make me put money on it, I guess I would say the Rockies, just because um, I I really think that the Cubs' bullpen's in a little bit of trouble right now. I think that they've used uh, their best relievers the last two nights, and, uh, you know, it's playoff time, so you, you have to consider throwing them out there a third night in a row, but the Rockies are just as hot as the Brewers, really, when you think about it. I mean, they rattled off a ton of wins right at the end of the year just to stay alive as well, and so, I don't know, I mean, they definitely have momentum going.
0: Yeah, that game should be interesting. I was I don't like trying to pick our boys and see what team we want, because I'm completely fine with the Cubs and coming Coming into the division series, and three of those five games uh, at the Ghost Five would be at Miller Park. Uh, I think the Brewers are a better team to the Cubs They're going to send them home crying once again, so I'm fine with that. But I think the Cubs will have their hands full with the Rockies. The Rockies, besides the Brewers, are pretty much the hottest team in the NL as the season wrapped up. I think they had a streak of also eight wins in a row. And uh, their outfielder David Dahl, I think, had are in like six or seven straight games uh, down the last week of the season. And also, basically, um, passing Kirsten Yelich in the last couple games of the season. Actually, they had the top two NL home run hitters with uh, Noel Marinato, I think, finished with uh, 38 home runs and Trevor Story, their shortstop at 37. Yellis ended up with 36. Um, but, I mean, they have a pretty vaunted offense um, and underrated, uh, not only starting pitching, but bullpen even. So I think it's a really solid team and, uh, uh, the Brewers might have their hands full themselves so if they get past uh, the Cubs in the wildcard game. But again, I think the Brewers are a better club than them too. So I'm really pretty confident um, in the entire playoffs now that we're here and now that we're beyond that uh, that one game elimination of even having to deal with the wild card. because the other series that's going on, the other divisional series will be the Dodgers and Braves. And I think the Dodgers are vulnerable and I think the Braves are a young team just kind of cutting their teeth in the playoffs for the first time. So I think the Brewers are better than that club too. I, I really don't see a team in the NL that's better than the Brewers at this point. And that's pretty exciting given the yeah. fact that as the NL division winners, we finished with the best record in the NL. We will have home field fans all the way through the national league championship series, which is huge in my mind. Yeah, I agree on that, Craig. And, um, you know, one thing, and this isn't, this doesn't tell the full story because we don't play these teams a ton, but, um, the Brewers played very well against the Rockies this year. And Scott, maybe you could have your, your intern, Leticia, look this up, but I think that the Brewers were five and one against Colorado on the year. Um, I'm pretty sure it's four and two, but they're four and two. And and then, we'll let we'll Leticia clarify. Yeah, that, it could yeah. be four and two. I'm not in front of the computer, but I do know that, um, we played well against the Rockies. I think we split, I want to say against the Dodgers. I mean, it was, I think Vince might cut out there for a second, I'm not sure. Um Scott.
1: Hello? Yeah, yep, go brewers.
0: <laughs> oh, I didn't know if you were still there. Okay, I'm mean, gonna yeah, Okay, we'll wait for Vince to get on. We'll keep talking though. Um so yeah, the Brewers and Rockies matchup fine too so we'll see who we get but i'm very confident with three three home games um if it goes five and i don't sure. will be in really good shape sorry guys um, my call my call dropped for whatever reason uh my final point was just that the that the birds have played heads up against all these teams during the course of the year so it's it's just exciting so sorry about the call dropping there absolutely now i didn't want to point out one kind of similarity this is 2018 uh the brook review and the brook review or fans of the Brewers View show. Um, from ten years ago I do remember how mad it was the two thousand eight brewer season. Uh, the Brewers at that point had not made the playoffs in uh, twenty six years. It seemed like a huge heavy monkey on their back. They needed to get off a demon they needed to exercise and at that season as Storybook you know knows that um Doug Melvin acquired to after about a month or second half at the Brewer led us to the wild card championship and we've uh made the playoffs the first time in 26 years and now we've in the last 10 years including that year we've made the playoffs three times and i think that this is really a signal that the brewers uh of old are in the past and the brewers can be perennial contenders even as a small market team however um the thing i wanted to point out that 2008. 2008- Season, even with GC's awesome performance second half, it still really came down that wire. And I know joining that last week we really needed to win almost every game And the first did almost that I believe we won five of our last six sets, including this um Boss, I think was the second last game of the season against Cubs. We swept uh, I believe it was Pirates and then took two or three of the Cubs to win the wild card. Um but this last week was even better. I mean we won all we went uh, last seven regular season games and then of course He added on regular season game, the time, uh, you know, time game or whatever you want to call it. We, we won that. So eight in a row to finish the season, even better than 2018. And also just as magical of a second half, this time with the bat, Kristen Yellich. Unbelievable. Like his numbers, he almost won. He came within a, if there were a few more games on the season, he would have easily taken home. Uh, the first triple crown in the NL in 81 years, since 1937. So he, he just missed on that. He he's a slam dunk MVP winner. He won the batting title. The Brewers won the division. There's no one who's going to vote against him for NL MVP, as, as he will become when that vote comes in. You know, that doesn't happen to the last the World Series and such. But um, he will come in. The votes are in now, I believe. Uh, and he will come in as NL MVP. He's the third Brewer in history, uh, NL MVP. And it's very well-deserved. And it's the guy that the acquired last offseason. Unbelievable season. I just one, point, I think he's the second Brewer to win the NL MVP, and then Yelich was in the uh, AL twice. But uh, definitely, Christian Yelich is, is a guy that I don't think you can say enough good things. It's like I keep trying to look for words, and um, you know, Scott and uh, myself and the interns do it a lot on our social media stuff, and I, I've really had a hard time trying to think of other adjectives to describe his season on Twitter recently. At one point, I just said there are no more words um to describe this guy. He's you know, two cycles on the year. He put the team on his back. And, you know, let's talk about the September too, Craig. You pointed out, you know, the last eight games and I think that um that was probably one of the more magical weeks of Brewery's baseball. But um we were nineteen and seven in the month of September overall. I mean it just seemed like this team decided to to step it up to a whole new level. You know nineteen and seven in any month is is just is nearly impossible. I mean what these guys did over the stretch was was just, to me as a Brewers fan, I don't think that I've seen as hot of a stretch of Brewers baseball as this last month. Um, I, maybe maybe the start of the year in 1987, but besides that, it just it just was everything clicking at the right time, and I think that we've talked about it on this podcast before, but it seemed like in times this year where, again, we were very solid all year for the most part, outside of a couple of bad stretches, but um, you know, there were times when the pitching really carried us and then there were other times when the offense carried us and it seems like now everything is finally clicking and we had talked about how this team could be really tough if everything clicked and I, I think September was just everything clicking at once It was it's pretty awesome to watch right now
1: yeah and when, uh, when you had mentioned earlier that it was such a great day that we acquired Yelich and Kane basically the same day
0: um, the same hour
1: the yeah, same I mean, hour <laughs> and, and when you look at that now, it's like not only okay, you're talking about guys that are typically batting one and two in the order, but they're also um, you know, they're top they're both top ten in war this year. Uh Kane in his own right is probably a top ten MVP candidate. I mean, it's been unbelievable. Like, I mean,
0: where yep, are yep,
1: five without those guys? I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. And then right. you expand a little bit about um Yelich, like I was thinking I was trying to think back like Remember when Aguirre was just so ridiculously hot that we were talking that he might even, you know, if he kept it up, he could potentially even be an MVP candidate. Ridiculous. Like we're talking about three different Brewers in our out of our eight starters potential MVP at some point. Well, in the year. well,
0: yes, yeah And Aguirre's numbers were awesome. I mean, his final numbers were, were you know, his power numbers were uh, right at the top of the league almost. I mean, he he did uh, obviously his first half is what carries a lot of those numbers, and he. He did go through a bit of a second-half slump, but that being said, I mean, he has been uh, a guy who this year has really stepped up as well, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for the stability that he's provided over at first base and the protection in the lineup that he gives guys like Gelich and Kane, who are at the top of the order, rely on guys behind them to provide some protection. Uh, so, I mean, you got to give credit, even even though the numbers weren't quite as body this year with the batting average to guys like Travis Shaw, as like we are, even Ryan Braun, especially in September. Uh, I mean they're just kinda one through five in this Brewers lineup have been rock solid. And then you add in guys like Sakis and, and others who have some playoff experience. It's it's a really tough lineup. A very tough lineup. Well, and those guys that you pointed out, like before the day we fired Yellows and Kane, Brewer fans had no idea that those three players would even have a role at all on a two thousand eight team Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Jesus Aguilar, uh, Yales, and uh Hey uh Christian and lorenzo kane were added basically i mean i hear it was with was last year but i mean he really was a key member uh to a team that came came one win short of the playoffs last year and then you add those guys to the team that's incredible um uh, and, and uh, some of our best headers last year arguably you could say they were obviously shaw santana uh Thames, and even braun our former mvp those guys are uh, the depth in this team is ridiculous because they're still with the club um Thames and Braun are now platooning, pretty much. Um, and then you've got, um, Santana who spent much, of, almost the entire second half in the minor league, and now he's back, and he had a huge hit, he hit in the last game of the season, a huge double, that really set up the Brewers for the go-ahead run. And then you've got, um, Travis Shaw, who has been shuffled around the field, even though he's hit over 30 bombs himself this year, and he's got moved to second base for Jonathan freaking Scope.
1: So unbelievable depth on this team. Yeah, and when you think about just the depth overall with the team and how, you know, I mean, you just looked at any time, if if there was any kind of a reason that anyone would get hurt or someone would be unavailable, uh, there's always somebody to step up. Kind of makes that, kind of leads into a quick segue. Um, Believe it or not, in this tiebreaker game, it kind of sort of went unnoticed that, you know, Woodruff was there warming up in case Hayter got in any kind of trouble at the end of that game. turns (laughs) out uh, Adam McCauvey reported that uh, Jeffers is not available to pitch in uh, in, in that actual division-clinching game. He is, however, going to be available in the playoffs, and it's an undisclosed uh, reason. I I don't even want to speculate. I actually asked our source, Tom Carter, if he knew anything about it, um, he kind of made me think maybe yeah. he does, but he didn't, he wouldn't even give me any information. So, mom's the word on this one. Um, I don't know. You Scott, got any yeah. Any Just say TC, Scott. TC. Yeah, Tom Carter is an
0: anonymous source. you go T Carter or Tom C, that's it. You can't just say that. And I, am surprised it wasn't our colleague Tom Walker for it that reported it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> D- so Jeffers. Oh, yeah. No, he does a, human labor every day but um bang, bang up job.
1: yeah but no it is interesting
0: and jeffrey you know he had the neck cramps last week and i don't know if something's going on i hope not i i don't want to speculate so i don't think it's fair to go there i i'm hoping it's just like some aggravating um, neck injury of some type like was described a few days ago and um you know he has pitched since then he pitched just you know a couple of days ago i i don't think it's anything Serious. I think it is just some sort of nagging injury, and they, they do want to keep him as fresh as possible for for uh, the first run of the playoffs. And guys, let's not forget this win today was huge. But the Brewers were already guaranteed a playoff spot. We knew that there was going to be a game after today, no matter what happened. So the win is big, but I don't think that the Brewers were willing to risk uh, Jeffers not being available um, for the rest of the playoffs if there is an aggravating injury, and um, even if it was just an injury, which I, I think it is. I, I don't think that the Brewers, <laughs> excuse me, want to speculate on that, um, in a public way right now with other teams, of course, paying very close attention to what Milwaukee's doing. Well, Scott's intern told me before that we started that she thought his THC levels were just a little too high or something. So it, it, she should be looking over that, no problem, I'm sure. So, um, but I mean, unbelievable this team. Um, we're going to have a couple of home, uh, Home field advantage throughout the playoffs in the NL, that's huge. Um, now, this season, I did notice that we didn't make it to the World Series. Uh, what our team has a better record would host uh, or have home field advantage for the World Series, and I believe um over most of the teams in the AL, uh, we wouldn't have that advantage. But regardless, uh let's just get there and deal with it. But, uh I mean, I one thing I guess we could talk about, and I don't know – but uh, the Brewers have had the luxury in September of having an expanded roster um, more than 25-man, and, and with their great depth, that really came to play. Uh, now, that's one advantage that kind of get taken away to their playoffs, the playoff council have a very tough job setting a 25-man roster because there are going to be some really quality players left off a, left off the Brewers' 25-man uh, playoff roster. That's for sure. I don't know if you guys have speculated. speculate on I mean, key players you think might get left off, but I think, at least one of Brocks and Santana or is um, probably needs to get left off. I don't know if that's just a point of discussion. You want to throw out which one or two of those guys you think might not make the 25 man? Boy, that's a that's a tough call. And uh, really quick, guys, I, I I just wanted to point out, Craig, to go along with what you were saying uh, earlier before the Jeffers talk. I I think that the big you asked a question back in our I think our first or second podcast asking what is the difference between this. 2018 Brewers team and last year's they collapsed on the stretch and I you know we, obviously the answers the answers are Kane and Yelich but you hit on it before I think the bench is the biggest difference I think that the strength of this bench is incredible and I think that when you've got guys like you know Granderson or Shaw or Braun or whoever isn't playing that day at another position on the bench I think that that just is such a huge strength to be able to um, be able to throw those guys into the mix late into a game so um, in any event that plays into the, the other question and I I don't know who gets left off I think unfortunately because he's cold I think Eric Kames may get left off um the roster and and maybe Broxton as well I guess it depends on how many pitchers they want to carry but um you know I can see Broxton still being on the team for defensive purposes uh especially and definitely a guy that can pinch run we don't have that pinch running specialist so so much as we did last year with I guess we call up Quentin Berry just for that reason at the end of the year last year and Maybe Granderson was that, but I don't think he's quite there anymore at the age of 38 or 39. So I guess Broxton, I think, would stay over Thames. But it's hard to say, you know, left-handed power bat off the bench and Thames is, is pretty valuable as well. So it's a, it's a really tough call. I actually think uh, Santana will be the most likely of those three to not make it. As crazy as that sounds, yeah. because I think Thames' versatility to back up an infield spot at first and also the outfield, uh, and a left-handed bat off the bench is more valuable than um, than, than uh, Santana. Now, so I think he should be included. If you have Santana and Broxton, you know, Santana's a better hitter, not as good defensively, and also not as good of a runner. And so late-game replacement with our type of bullpen, the way the formula works, Broxton seems like a better fit, unfortunately. Uh, it's really a tough call. Um, and it's actually a possibility if we want to carry more pitching Two of those three might have to get left off, actually, but, uh, um, yeah. it's, it's tough. Um, it was definitely a tough decision. That's one luxury that the Brewers had in September, uh, and they definitely utilized it. As Vince point out, they went 17 or uh, 19 and 7, which is amazing. Even more amazing is the fact that they won almost every single uh, series in yep. uh, September. Very consistent. I believe there was a daily loss two games one time in September two games in a row one time in September which is I know we I know we we, I know we lost the Pittsburgh series at home but yeah it's hard to yeah it it was that that was it that was the only time we lost two games in a row against Pittsburgh Um, beyond that um, basically and a team that doesn't lose two games in a row uh, because of their great depth on offensive side and amazing shutdown bullpen that's a team that's going to do well in the postseason, in my opinion, because if, if you don't, if you're not used to losing a couple of games in a row, you're not going to lose a playoff game. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Craig, your point about the depth is an interesting one. I mean, the Brewers may have utilized that, that expanded roster depth a little bit better than other teams. And, you know, we have weapons that we weren't even talking about right here on the podcast, guys like Tyler Saladino and Hernan Perez, guys that you could really count on, um, many times in big situations. I, the thing with that, though, is that every team has that. So I don't view it as a huge liability for the Brewers because every team is losing the, the roster uh, flexibility that they had over the past month. So I don't worry about that quite as much. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Eric Thames has been really cold in September. He's one of the few Brewers that is going through kind of a prolonged slump. But that being, I think it's going to come down to matchups, you know, where Thames is your left-handed power throw off the bench, the Santana uh, for right-handed. I, it's a, It's a really, really tough call. I think Thames' struggle is mainly in September or kind of due to the fact that now Santana and Brox were back on the roster and they needed to get some at-bats in the outfield. And really he was the only – and Braun was back to being uh, more consistent and not even a platoon partner as much. And so Thames lost a lot of at-bats and therefore was doing tons of pinch hitting, again, because mm-hmm. of our bullpen depth and, and the usage of our bench. He was doing a lot of pinch hitting, but as a pinch here, it's really tough to get consistent uh, – Unless you're used to that, being a pitcher, that's a tough spot. But, of course, that's probably how we use him in the playoffs. So, James is definitely – as much as I, I would pick him to make the roster, I think he's a legitimate candidate to be left off. Um, so, yeah. we'll see.
1: I think if if you're looking to do that, though, I mean, there's, there's actually a few arms that I would consider leaving off well before that even. I mean, like, we don't really necessarily know what – you know, what we're going to get out of Zach Davies, who's just recently back from injury. I mean, a guy like Jordan Lyles or Jennings hasn't been able to get um, lefties out recently, I don't think... Albers even. Like, I, I don't know.
0: All yeah, those guys you just mentioned, Scott, actually aren't going to make it. Also, yeah, and I, I, would, I would tend to agree. And with Jennings, we've got other left, lefties that can, you know, get the job done, I think, a little bit better right now. Guys like Xavier Sedano have been really solid. So – It'd be surprising, and, of course, Josh Hader. So it'd be really surprising to me to to have us carry a guy like Jennings. The Brewers clearly haven't had much faith in Elbers. I think he's pitched, like, literally twice in the last month or so. Um So, yeah, I mean, it'd be a huge shock to see one of those guys make. And Davies, I don't know. Um But, yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree that some of those guys will probably make the postseason roster with Davies being the strongest maybe. But uh, who knows? I think – I think I – think not only all four of the guys Scott mentioned won't make it, there's probably even some consideration on whether or not shape. Probably only two of these three guys will make it, and that would be Peralta, Woodruff, and Anderson. I think Corbin Burns is a lock uh, but mm-hmm. uh, for that middle bullpen area, and I think they have some confidence in that. But I think only two of the three guys, uh, uh, Anderson, um, Woodruff, and Peralta will make it. Which one of those guys would you leave off? Uh, Peralta, and that's not because of his talent level. It's just because the Brewers haven't used him a ton. I, I just don't know if his innings count is going to be a factor in that. So I guess Peralta, but boy, that's a, that's a tough call as well. I mean, I think the Brewers do want to see Chase available in the playoffs. So I, I would hesitate to put him on that That was the real question for me is Woodruff. So the Brewers were obviously willing to put him into a pretty clutch situation today by having him warm up in the ninth in case Hader faltered, but, um, you know, he's also been sent down, I think, five or six different times this season. So, certainly, the Brewers don't necessarily view him as a vital cog this year. Um, I don't know. I, I guess Peralta, but that's a very tough call. Scott, your thoughts?
1: Um, I, I honestly don't know, but I think just the fact that we skipped his last start, um, I almost think it might be Chase, which is kind of interesting because he really hasn't, like, he, he's pitched decent all year. Like, he hasn't, like just gone out there and bombed or anything like that. And to see a guy like that fall from grace to the point where, from being like a opening day starter all the way down to, you know, potentially not being on the roster is kind of interesting, but um, you know, he hasn't pitched good lately, but he also has a pitch bad. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, that's not good enough.
0: He's still got a sub four ERA on the year. And I, I'd just just be very surprised, but yeah, I could be wrong about that. It's, It's weird how they were going to skip starts. I mean, who would have thought uh, besides Craig on opening day that we would be keeping Wade Miley on the postseason roster and demoting Chase Anderson?
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) That is unbelievable. Um, But to answer, I'm going to just be different from you guys and say Woodruff. Uh, I don't know, though. I kind of almost lean toward what Scott's saying is maybe Chase because if you look back to just a week from today and last time we did our podcast, the Brewers had just a few of the Cardinals. Yeah. And at that point, our playoff spot was a little precarious. And to think a week later and basically eight wins later, um, it's amazingly solidified is pretty cool. But uh, back then, I mean, that was a big day because Council was like kind of, I thought, was doing like a a prep game for how he might handle a wild card or a one-game elimination game or whatever you want to right. call it since it doesn't have to exist now. Uh, and he, instead of starting Chase, whose spot was up in the rotation at that time, he went with uh, a strategy, obviously, where he tried to get Matt Car- Carver out with Jennings to lead off the game. And then basically his secret strategy was to put in Peralta uh, for a couple of innings and then turn over the rest of the bullpen. And that worked out really well. And because of that, I almost think that uh, you might lean the same direction for a playoff scenario where we, one of our starters wouldn't be available. We'd do that same route where we'd give Peralta a couple of innings and then do kind of an unadvertised um uh, bullpen game or whatever so uh over a chase start but i i don't know i tend to think that the council well because of his veteran um and what he's done for the team in the past including like just last year that chase will probably get a spot and woodruff might be the odd man out but then again we might also just keep one less bat or something like that and sneak all three of those guys in so who knows but it'll be interesting there definitely will be some really good talented player that of course will get a left off the playoff roster Right, but I know that is it between every, I'm pretty sure it's between every division of every series of the playoffs that you can reset your 25 man if necessary. Or um, you can, so. you can, and you can also do it in the series if there's an injury. And I, if this was Doug Melvin, I wouldn't put it past him to have some sort of, uh you know, uh, arm soreness pop up for a game on starter to think somebody else on the roster. But I don't know if David Stern's, uh roles like that. But yeah, Greg, you're you're right on. It can be done between series, and then it can also be done um, due to an injury would be the two scenarios.
1: Yeah. yeah and with, with that being said, I mean, the first series is a five game where it's very possible that we could go a little bit bat heavy, you know, for that first series and then flip a bat out for an arm, you know, for a game seven series later on. You just never know.
0: Yeah. That's why I mean. maybe Chase will be left off the LBS, but then be add it back on for a no, seven game that, series. That's very, that's very possible. And, um, you know, it is interesting because I think all these guys, they've got to stick around and, like, they're still – I don't know if they're still on the actual bench. I actually asked um, Adam McKelvey uh, that today, and I have not heard a response back yet. So I was I, – I'm curious sort of the logistics behind whether the guys are, like, on the bench or in the clubhouse or do they watch the games from the stands or do they fly home and then fly back if they're all back up. Like, I, it's kind of weird how that works. But um be interested to to find out an answer. Yeah, so, is it... that is an interesting question, Vince. I mean, I... I would think they would at least be allowed in the clubhouse, but I mean, I don't know. It's not like they can grab a bat and come fly, running out there. Um, <laughs> right. But like <laughs> in the something. event of an, if there's an injury, say, you know, at uh in game one in Milwaukee in the NLDS there, you know, if you're, you, you can't just like be sitting at home, I don't think, because if you're activated for game two, you may not even get there in time. Otherwise. So I, they've got to be around. I just don't know if they're like sitting in street clothes, out in the stands, watching the game, or if they're, hanging out in the clubhouse. I don't think that they can be on the bench, but I could be wrong. So I'm hoping we can get an answer to that. And then um, we'll report back to our fans uh, on social media or, our, or on our next podcast uh, with an answer. I, I'm very genuinely curious as to that. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, so I think we're almost running out of time here, guys, but uh, the Brewers are not running out of time. We, we are going to be having home field advantage throughout the NL side of the playoffs, including the NLDS, which our opponents uh, will be determined Probably possibly by the time you're listening to this, and I'm uber confident. And I know that uh, when both uh, Scott and Vince fly back in for game one of the NLDS, uh, you will be greeted by a lot of Brewer fans, a lot of Brewer Review fans <laughs> at the airport. As of <laughs> several of my interns, that said they'd be willing to pick you guys up. Awesome. And push you up in a nice hotel and whatnot um, <laughs> on the
1: Channel 14
0: can... stipend. Oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, No, I can't wait. I'm going to try to fly back, possibly on Thursday. I do have a meeting that morning, Um, depending on what time it gets done. If I can make the game, though, on Thursday night, it would probably be worth the trip because then I can get two games in. So um, if not, I may wait till the NLCS, but we'll see. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful if i find out tomorrow. Sounds good, Scott. And uh, Vince and Scott, um, what are your flight plans?
1: I'm not real sure, but I do see here. I'm going to, to say that at bell because we're basically out of time. I'm just going to say congrats to the Brewers. Uh, it's yep. Going to another banner up at Miller Park next year. I'm very excited to see it. Go Brewers and stay
0: classy. Yeah, stay classy, classy Brewers fans. Go Brewers. Follow us on social media. GroupReview1 at uh, gmail.com. GroupReview1 on Twitter. And Scott will update his actual flight details on Twitter so you can greet him at the airport. <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Hey, thanks. Over to Earth. Over Earth. Over